to another episode of the Driftcast. I'm your host, Kalai, and today we have uh, Daryl. Kalai, hang on one second. Hang on. I'm trying to course correct. I got so much drift in my Joy-Con, I can't freaking concentrate. <laughs> I can't can't look straight. No, oh, God. I don't even know why I try. <laughs> What's up, Kalai? Yeah. Uh, Joe couldn't make it this week, and we wanted to get an episode Because he sucks. Out. Sorry. <laughs> so... Uh, boy, is he going to be surprised? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joe. Wow. You bailed on me because of a storm. Wow. Now here I am drifting in your place. Wow. All right. Let's uh, start off this uh, podcast with a toast. And of course, we're going to toast to our Patreon producers, Emmy, CJ, and JT. And I'm going to toast for Daryl for filling in with me tonight. So thank you, Daryl. Heck yeah, I don't mind, I don't mind. Man, it's a good thing the um the top of my can doesn't have drift like my Joy-Cons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, I can't help myself sometimes. Oh, uh, it's all right. Let's talk about what you should be playing in the Switch. So Dara, what have you been playing? All right, so I've mentioned this on the Loot Bros podcast more than once. Um but uh, the Switch is the perfect place to play the game called Heaven Dust. It is a chibi Resident Evil style game. You can take, imagine the world of Final Fantasy and then Resident Evil 1 and amalgamate them together. It is a nice little game that is perfect for the Switch, actually. Yeah, it's really adorable. I really like the little characters. That's that's <laughs> one that I want us to do a deep dive on once... Uh, you know, everyone finishes it, myself included, because I started on Xbox and then I saw it was on the Switch. I bought it on the Switch. So uh, I started it over on there and it's a it's a great little game. I really enjoy it. And uh, I've got a ton, ton of little horror games that I've been buying on the Switch as they go on sale. And this one has kind of derailed me from the rest of those. Wow, that's pretty high. The high praise. Uh, I have been pr- playing. Bradley Default 2, which of course is a Square Enix game where it uses that Brave and Default system. Basically, you can default to block, but then you actually kind of get a counter. And when you max out at four, you can Brave and attack all at once, or you can Brave and put yourself into a negative. So it's an interesting mechanic. This is the one for the Switch. It's actually had some quality of life changes. One of them being the enemies. The enemies don't necessarily hide anymore. You see them on your map, just like you would in Dragon Quest. And if you're too high of a level, they'll just run away, which I thought was interesting for a Square Enix game. I've, I've never seen them do that. The other thing is the mini game in this game is actually pretty fun. When you're not playing the game and you put your Switch into standby, a boat goes out and collects items for you. And then you can go and pick them up. And they give you things like JP orbs and experience orbs. Now, it's kind of nice because you can then increase your job points. Because instead of having a million characters, Daryl, you have four characters who can change their jobs at will. But you have to level up those job points. And one of the grinds of this game was having to start all over again at level zero job and get everybody up to get it up to 12. This kind of eliminates it. And then, of course, you get the experience orbs, which 
by the way, I got a large experience orb and was like, oh, I think I'm going to go use it on my healer. Because I wanted to take my healer from level 10 to level 11 just to give her that extra oomph. Because, Daryl, I'm sure you understand, but healers, they're like, they have no hit points, so they die a lot and you yep. can't heal your party. So I went from level 10 to level 19. There you go. So my character's a little maxed out. But okay. I've, I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, it, it actually refreshed my uh, interest in the Bravely Default series, especially after the second one, the sequel. The sequel got a little boring fast. I never was able to finish it. I've never tried a Bravely Default game. Um, I have, I'll be honest, I've been pretty slack about any real JRPGs over the past few years, past several years. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's actually kind of a blind spot for me right now, which I really should rectify. I really should fix. I just haven't found the one, um, since I was younger that really, you know, really got my attention or really made me want to dig in. I thought Final Fantasy VII Remake was going to do that for me. Uh, but that's a little more action than it is, you know, like the old style. So I don't know. I need to I need to find one that really tickles my fancy. Well, I highly recommend this game. What would the um like what it would be the theme or the style of it? Is it like a Final Fantasy? Is it is it very anime? Because I don't do well with very anime. No, no, no. It's it's more like almost the chibi style. Okay. It's just, you know, it's like the original Final Fantasy. It's all turn-based. And, you know, you're exploring and you're going to encounter monsters just like you would in a regular 2D scroller. There's, of course, cutscenes, but they're not very, they're not anime at all. It's very much, uh, it's almost like childlike. They're almost like childlike, the, the figures. But it's it's real cute because, like, they have their little conversations where... Like, oh, they're talking about the food of the region, which is kind of cute. And again, when you put your Switch into, like, Daryl, what I do is I'll play on breaks. So I'll yep. take my Switch to work. I'll put it into rest mode. At my next break, I'll take it out, go back and get the uh, whatever's coming from the port, send the ship back out, and then continue doing it. I dig that. Um, so, I love the idea of, like... uh having like almost like afk grinds or things like that like like where you can kind of like it almost feels like i'm i'm getting over on the system it's like i can send this thing out to do a thing and it's gaining xp or create or completing missions while i'm technically too busy to do it myself and i but, love when games have that option yeah yeah especially with the job point systems have you ever seen have you ever seen the job system huh you know what the job system is, I should I say? I do not. Okay, so you know how in Final Fantasy... Did you play original Final Fantasy or 2, 3, any of them? No, I started with 7. I did. I played 7, seven 8, 9. Um, I started 10 twice, never finished 10. I beat 7, 8, 9. I never finished 10, and I started Lightning Returns, and I started uh, 15. Right, so with Final Fantasy... Your cast of characters is is like horribly huge. So what you're always doing is you're switching out characters because you're like, well, now I have to level this character. You know what I mean, Daryl? Right. The, the The job system eliminates that. You don't have a vast character selection of characters. You have the exact same four characters for the entire game. Instead, you can switch out their jobs. So like the first job you get, 
You can like examine things so you can see what their hit points are. And then as you get new jobs, you want to cycle in that job and you want to you want to get the job up. So that way you could have a character that can be a healer or it could be a black magic or it could be a knight. And when you do that, it actually allows you to take your uh you have abilities so like you have abilities for each job you can pick the abilities you want for each job and then you have sub jobs where you'll be able to pick the abilities of the class you're not using gotcha gotcha so you're never you never get this whole thing oh my god i gotta switch out my favorite character because i have to upgrade this character so if you're not super into jrpgs this might be a good game for you okay okay that sounds that sounds pretty uh enticing Okay, now let's talk about the new releases for November. The first release, which I know Daryl's very excited about, he already told me. He told me before the show he he has to get this game. The first release on November fourth is, of course, Just Dance twenty twenty two. You Are know you... it. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you do you think we should buy this game? <laughs> I would say if Frosty was still a part of the group, <laughs> we'd get it for him. Because nothing will beat his Just Dance March of Dimes performance. It was uh, 10 out of 10. Absolutely amazing. That is true. His Definitely his finest work. All right. November 11th comes two games that I know nothing about because they're definitely not my genre. But Daryl, I'm sure you could tell us. Should we buy Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy on Switch? I think yes. I think that playing Grand Theft Auto on the go is the way to go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, absolutely. Those games, I mean, I'm sure they're going to be touched up and refreshed a little bit. Surely the Switch will be able to play them just fine. I'm personally going to buy them on console first. Trophies, you know what I'm saying? But if I can see a world in which I grab them on sale, for me, since the Switch is my secondary console, uh, if you if you switch as your primary, obviously, duh, get them. But man, playing Grand Theft Auto Three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, San Andreas on the go, that sounds amazing. I mean, I got a PSP and a Vita, and I got Chinatown Wars on it, you know, and it's like well, not even a great <laughs> Grand Theft Auto game. But the fact that I can play it, it's like man, I love it. And uh, I was having a conversation with some uh, with some coworkers the other day. And uh, in real life and in Grand Theft Auto, one of my favorite things to do is walk the streets and listen to people talk. And uh, I especially love it at the flea markets and places like that where you have all these different walks of life. And uh, one of my greatest Grand Theft Auto memories is in Grand Theft Auto 3, walking the street. Just I got a baseball bat in my hand and I might hit somebody with it. I might not. I don't know. I'm just kind of listening. This guy walks by me. He's like, my mother's my sister. <laughs> That line has been like, it's like singed into my soul. Like I'll never, ever forget that. And I did not hit him with a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) But Grand Theft Auto 3 was revolutionary. I was in high school when that came out. Every Wednesday night, me and uh, the guys I played football with and my best friends, we would, um, after football practice, we would all ride home with my buddy Marcus. And we would spend the night with him. We'd all go to church together for the Wednesday night youth service. And uh, tangentially, that's what my wife would, you know, when we were dating as kids, we weren't allowed to date. Like, 
and it's a no-no for her parents were not about that. Her mom and dad got pregnant when they were like 15, 16. And so they're like, no, you know what? We'll make sure you never get pregnant by never letting you see a boy that we know about. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, my wife and I were like, okay, cool. We'll just go to church together and see each other there, which, you know, we worked out on, but on, you know, we enjoyed going anyways. And it's like, oh, now we're going to go and see each other outside of school there. And so, um, like good old Christian church boys do afterwards, we went back to my buddy Marcus's house and played Grand Theft Auto (laughs) three. Oh, that was like, yeah, I can't wait to, it's like, got out of football practice. Can't wait to go to church, get out of church. Can't wait to go play GTA three until I pass out and go to school. (laughs) But that's what we did. That was our routine. And we got the game. And I had never even heard of it. Like I had, I had no idea this was this was coming out. This was not on my radar. My buddy Marcus is like, "Man, I got this Grand Theft Auto game. I hear it's great. Cool." We put it in the PS2. He had like a like a game room with like a big pool table and stuff. So me, him, and my buddy Richard, we all sit around and we're like checking this game out. And he does the whole, you know, get with a hooker and then you know kill him and take your money back. And we're like, yeah. Die can't believe that this is even a thing in video games. Like I can't believe this is possible. So then we would just pass the controller and do crazy stuff. So I grabbed a baseball bat and was just running down the street, just hitting random people with it. And we were, I just remember us gut laughing. Like it just, it was so funny that we had the freedom to run around and do all of this completely awful stuff. And we'd never experienced that in a game before. So like now that's in every open world free roam game there is that's like, you know, there's NPCs in there, there's bystanders. I've been playing Saints Row lately and you can run, slide in between someone's legs, pick them up and power bomb them like you're in a wrestling match. And, you know, like it's just the freedom to do wild and crazy stuff is there. But with Grand Theft Auto 3, that was the first time we'd ever experienced that. And it was just revolutionary. And I just, I remember playing the game and just playing it and playing it and playing it, putting cheat codes in, getting infinite rocket launchers and tanks. And it's just, it's an amazing, amazing uh, game. It did a lot for gaming. It changed open world games. It really, really created the genre, in my opinion. I know it existed beforehand, but in some capacities, but this one was the open world sandbox. This is the granddaddy of them all. So. I Wait, think it's it. a great idea. If you're if you're a switch god dog, man, if you got a switch and you get Grand Theft Auto on it, just play some missions, you know, here and there. Uh, enjoy yourself. It's really good. Now I have a question. Would you let your kids play this game? Good God, no. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. The way I uh raise my kids versus the way I was raised, they're night and day there's they're way different. Now, when my kids are teenagers, you know, sure. It's a game. Um and you know, it just depends. Like, and granted, the concept was way more vile than the actual animations and stuff allowed. Like, obviously, picking up the prostitutes and things like that. Like, you're just sitting in a car. The car shakes a little bit. There's some weird noises, and then she gets out. Yeah. Like, now, granted, nowadays animations are way different. But back then, PS2, it was more so the implication. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that we knew what was happening, even though. In the game, you're just sitting beside each other. But, uh, but yeah, so would I let my kids play this now at 6, 9, and 11? Absolutely not. <laughs> when they're teenagers? 
sure. <laughs> and I'll just explain, you know, hey, this is, don't do this in real life. This is not a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> All right. And the next game, which again, another game I don't play is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, this one is a uh, a tough one for me because I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but KOTOR yeah, is I. one of the like most renowned, re- revered games in in gaming history. It's up there with, you know, your Halos, your Grand Theft Autos. Like when people talk about games, they're like KOTOR is on that greatest game of all time list. So I'm personally going to buy it. I don't think this is coming to, from what I understand, this is not coming to console, or at least it's not coming to console yet. So the KOTOR remake was only, it's only playable on OG Xbox and PC now, but the PC version there is, I think it was broken. You had to actually mod in a patch to fix the game and, and actually install the ending. Like from what I understand, it's not, you can't just plug and play KOTOR. Now I'm sure there's multiple versions out there. Now you can download. And I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone was talking about how they actually just updated it. So I don't know. It might be completely playable. I might be speaking out of my behind now. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely buying that on the Switch because I've never finished KOTOR. I own it on OG Xbox, but I'm not going to sit in my basement and play KOTOR right now. Like, I would much rather have that on the go and kind of knock that out on my breaks and stuff. Hmm, okay. Next up on November 12th is Nintendo Game & Watch The Legend of Zelda. This is a pure collector's item. Um, yeah, that's not for me. Not for me. No. Um, I kind of want it because collectors, but we'll see. After that, Shin Megami Tensei Tense, 5. If you're an RPG fan, this is a must-have. It's super RPG. Don't even think about it, Daryl. <laughs> no, <laughs> I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> and then on November 19th, we have Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Everybody's excited about it. I am personally not ready to pick that up again because to me, most Pokemon games are the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. And usually I like to play every other generation. I might grab one of those for my kids. Um, They really enjoyed Sword and Shield. They didn't enjoy Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu, I believe. Oh, I like that one. Nah, they, 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 uh, I wasted a lot of money on those. Um, but they really did enjoy the Sword and Shield games. So I might pick up one of those brilliant ones. Are those remasters or are those like the new, new? I think they're the new, new. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So this week we're doing topic. Our topic is actually going to be the questions because people gave us questions enough that we'll be able to generate some conversation on. Matt Granelli writes in and says, what's your take on the price of the Nintendo Online Expansion Pass? That's his first question. So what do you think, Carol? Um, so I watched the Nintendo Direct. Um, it's funny, actually. We were talking before the show about how I was like, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know that I can be assistance to you on the Driftcast because I haven't kept up with Nintendo News. And then when you had mentioned that, like that, those questions were asked, I was like, wait a second. I watched the, I watched that, uh, direct and I watched it and I saw that they were adding the super, uh, super Nintendo, excuse me, Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games. 
But on the direct, they didn't give a like a price on it yet. They're like, uh, the price is later to be revealed. And then what what is it, like a thirty dollar up, upgrade for those games? Uh, something like that. It was pretty. It was actually pretty crazy. Uh, look it up. Because it's because it's like um, it's like twenty bucks a year for one person for their online. Very, very not good infrastructure and um, and for their free Super Nintendo NES games, which I played one time. I bought my Switch. I got my my online, you know, with their their thing or whatever. And I was just like, I don't really want to play any of these games. Like, I know Nintendo fans love replaying old Nintendo games and stuff like that. But like, and I was a Nintendo kid. I just don't have any desire to replay those games without some sort of trophy or achievement system. Like I know that sounds dumb, but like there's no reason for me to go back. You know, if they put in some, I've always said Nintendo should have like a star system or something, you know, like where you get like, like remember Mario, like uh 64 where you had to collect all the stars and stuff. Yeah. If they had red stars, gold stars, blue stars for like the varying trophy and achievements. Like that would be amazing. Because I, I and the thing is, is like a lot of the games that they have on there already have that stuff programmed in. Because when I played Resident Evil Five on the Switch, you could get the trophies and achievements from Resident Evil Five. They popped up like they did the, on the Xbox version. Like it just pops up in game and looks just like it. So one month is uh, for the Nintendo Switch Online uh, for the regular is three ninety nine. Three months is seven ninety nine, and twelve months is nineteen ninety nine. Uh, for the family, twelve months is thirty-five dollars. When you add the expansion pack, twelve months for an individual is fifty dollars. Twelve months for a family is eighty. Okay, so which I mean, realistically, that's on par with what the other competitors are offering. The problem is, the other competitors are offering a better online infrastructure and better monthly games. And I, and I know that's a little subjective because like the Nintendo, the Nintendo clan is very different than your Xbox and PlayStation gamers. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know that sprinkling in a couple, you know, Nintendo 64 games and a couple Sega Genesis games is really worth it. Now, how can Mr. Nintendo sway me to make that decision? This is near impossible, but Resident Evil 2, Nintendo 64. And the WCW uh, wrestling games. So WCW versus the world, WCW revenge, um, uh, WrestleMania 2000, WWF, no mercy. Like these games right here would make me a believer. If that was the only way I could play them. Oh, here, take my money. I would, the switch would be my main console. <laughs> like you put those old wrestling games. Now, Jared, friend of the show, he has really dove into his Switch lately. And we, he and I were talking about Nintendo 64 wrestling games uh, through Messenger the other day. And he said there's a Japanese kind of off-brand version of the No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 series. And I don't, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I'll flip through my Messenger while I'm talking and try to find it. But apparently it came out after WWE no, or WWF at the time, No Mercy. And it 
is essentially the same game, but like the Japanese version, which I mean, there's Japanese wrestling and things like that and uh, independent Japanese wrestling and stuff. But if something like that was on there, oh, I would totally play. I actually did buy it because I have a family plan. Yeah. Also, with that, you do get the expansion for Animal Crossing, which is like $25. So, people, like, in my family, a lot of my family play that, my group, so for yeah. them, it's cheaper. I just think they need to add more stuff. They need to ramp up on adding to each of these services for what I'm paying for, which would be really nice. Because they've been very slow at adding games. Granted, I don't play a lot of the online games. But I do like to have it because a lot of the games that I do play, like Monster Hunter, you need the online to play it online. Just right. like your PlayStation. My kids have played online a few times. Um, so it's, I keep it. I've, I mean, I, we've had a Switch for like three years now. So they've gotten the $20 a year from me for the one time a year my kids play online. But I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not going to upgrade. They, I mean, like I said, the, the only way they can make me upgrade or, or entice me to upgrade is to get, you know, the, some of the games that I, that I, you know, mentioned. But uh, as of right now, it's just not, it's not for me. And, and the, uh, it's called virtual pro wrestling 64. So it came out in 1997, but uh, I'm, I'm actually opening my drawer here. So you might hear a little shuffling around. But in my drawer, right here in my desk in my office, I've got three Nintendo Switch games that I keep hidden from the family. Uh, the Resident Evil Origins Collection, the Resident Evil Triple Pack. So Origins has Zero and Resident Evil 1. The Triple Pack has 4, 5, and 6. And then Super Mario 3D All-Stars. So it has Mario 64, um, Sunshine, and Galaxy. Those games right there are why I bought a Switch. Pretty much. I get it. So, and um, outside of that, I mean, like I said, they want me to upgrade their pass. It is possible. And Mr. Nintendo, I know you're listening. So dig up those old licenses, those old contracts, go to those third parties. Or, I mean, realistically, even if they gave me just that one Japanese version of, you know, the, of the wrestling, I would, I might even do it for that. <laughs> just because <laughs> I am dying for an arcade wrestling game. Mm. All right. Matt's next question is, do you even want to switch pro at this point? Matt, I'm just going to skip this question and we might do it next week when I, next month when I have Joe back because Joe and I can do a deep dive on that one a little bit better. But this last question I do want to do with you because I think this would be a more interesting question for you. Well, well, hang on before you, before you jump. um, I don't actually don't mind leaning in on the switch. Okay. You can save it for Joe as well. Cause I know Joe will have an opinion. No, no, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, well, I'll discuss it with you. We'll give somebody different. Cause I'm sure everybody can guess their Joe's opinion. Yeah. So I would totally do a switch pro. Um, and I, again, I've said my main gripe with playing on Nintendo switch is there's no trophy and achievement system. So you got to kind of get me with games that I'm not going to play anywhere else to make sure that like, that's the place I'll play them. So, you know, obviously the Resident Evil games is the exception to the rule because I'm going to play them on every platform. I'm going to beat them on every platform. But um, but what do you want out of a Switch Pro? Well, I would love, you know, better Joy-Cons because I have a drawer full of drifty Joy-Cons right beside me. 
Um, and well, we then, don't need a Switch Pro for that. So. Well, you know, I, I so I kind of like the Switch Lite, right? How mm-hmm. it has the the non-removable Joy-Cons. Mm-hmm. I also like the Joy-Cons being removable. But like my gripe with my Switch is that it feels a little flexible, like in the in the joints where the Joy-Cons slide in. And even my new ones still, they feel that there's a little bit of flex there. So for me personally, as far as like hardware goes, outside of obviously better graphics and more storage, which that's a given, you know, I would, I'd, want, I'd want that on my next Switch. Um, even the OLED screen, the OLED Switch, I'd love to have, you know, just for the screen alone. But I would love to have a little bit more uh, flexibility, I mean, like take some of that flexibility out, like a little more rigid feel to it. So um, Jared and I have been messaging back and forth. He just picked up a, a, a Switch Lite to take back and forth to work because he's got the regular Switch. And he's been really selling me on the idea of picking one up because it feels more sturdy. I guess he has the same problem I do with the um, a little bit of movement in where the Joy-Cons go. Now, I will say I picked up a grip. I don't have the crazy nice grip that uh, that Joe has, but I picked up a grip that like keeps that you know, all my stuff kind of nice and tight and adds a little bit of girth to it. So it's a little, it feels a little better. I use Um, a grip. I use a grip myself. So, but uh, that, that helps out. But as far as like, like, you know, that's obviously more like on the outside, as far as on the inside goes, I don't need a switch necessarily. It'll do 4k, but something that'll be more powerful so that it can continue to get the new releases. Because like I just pointed out all the games that I am buying that I bought on the switch outside of my little indie horror games are old games that were on last gen. So like none of the new, I mean, you're not going to get Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake. You're not going to get seven and eight. I mean, seven is available, but it's like, uh, it's like uh, through the cloud. You know, I don't know that I want to play through the cloud, but you know, play natively downloaded offline. is is kind of what I want. So a more powerful switch with more storage that can, do games like that. And there's been this rumor forever that Xbox Game Pass is trying to get onto the Nintendo Switch. But even then, how much of the Game Pass offerings are would actually be available to natively download opposed to stream? So me personally, a you know, a Switch Pro or a Switch 2 or something a little more powerful would in theory open up the possibility to continue to get newer and bigger games. Even though realistically mine's a more of an indie machine than it is like a big, you know, triple A release game machine. That's true. I mean, I, I definitely, everybody wouldn't like, cause Jim was like, Oh, I want to switch pro. Cause I want 4k. I'm like, what would you want to play on 4k on a switch? There's <laughs> nothing you want to play on 4k on a switch. Mario 64 in 4k. Right. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. I like the idea of having more something a little bit more powerful, but I think to to really get the better games that you want, it would drive the price up, and you're pretty much at the Steam Deck anyways, <laughs> which you're getting. Right. And, and I don't disagree with, what you're, with your logic there at all. So the next question that Matt asked, and this is the more interesting, what do you think of the Switch getting some unexpected games in the way of a streaming Dying Light 2 and Cloud version? 
I can't imagine that being the preferred way to play, but if you're hard up for some dying light, do it. They also announced on that Nintendo Direct that Dying Light 1 is coming to the Switch. And just that little bit of gameplay they showed looked pretty low res. But as long as it maintained the fluidity of the game, I'll buy that for the Switch as well. I don't like the idea of streaming my game. I mean, I'm already digitally buying my game and physically downloading it, but buying a game that I can't even download... That's getting a little iffy, first of all. Second of all, you get into any spots where there's no, you know, have no internet, you're losing your stream anyways. So this is something you would be only playing in your house. And if I'm going to play in my house, and I'm going to play something like Dying Light, I'm going to use my computer. Yep. I agree. And I like the fact that you brought up this slippery slope that we're continuing to slide into when it comes to do I actually own my game? Now, I know there's the argument that when you, know, when you make a purchase, you're purchasing a license. But the bottom line is when I own the cartridge or I own the disc, it is in my possession and I can do whatever I want with it. When you buy digital, it's like, yeah, I have it downloaded. I have it on my device. And as long as it is there, it's safe. But now I'm going a step farther to streaming a game that I bought. It's like, you don't own anything and you don't have possession of anything. So it's like, it's very difficult to, for me to swallow that pill. Like that's, that's just too far gone for me outside of the, I mean, I live in South Carolina internet in general is just not that great here. I haven't noticed. You mean you guys? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, we're getting fiber down here now, but like in my neighborhood, I live in a nice neighborhood. But like the the internet infrastructure is old here and only certain parts of the neighborhood have access to fiber. So even in my ter- even in my area where fiber is offered, it's not offered everywhere. Uh, I had fiber at my last res- the last place I lived and it was great, but there's data caps. All the service providers down here in the south for fiber internet have data caps. So I got a new two terabyte hard drive once for my, for my PlayStation and I filled it up and then they wanted to charge me freaking 130 something dollars for going over my data that month. Wow. So it's, so just the internet infrastructure, price models, everything here, it's just not good. So for me, what I have to do is to stay with the, there's, there's, there's really two main players in town. You have your AT&T Fiber, and then you have um, your Spectrum, which used to be Time Warner, which is just your standard high-speed 100 megabyte. There's a 300 megabyte plan, but it, it, even to, even when it says you're getting 300, it's just, it does no, it's no different than the 100. Um, as far as like what I'm at, like the actual quality and consistency, that being the keyword consistency, because you guys know, like, I'll have drops, just random drops in the house to the internet. Um, and so I don't know, man, like just, it's not, it's just not ideal here. It's not ideal in the U S in general. I mean, like you're, some of your larger cities and stuff, it's, it's better, but I mean, I got to, like, I was talking to Lucia, Lucia and I did this week's loot roast podcast. And even Lucia said like the internet where he's at in San Francisco is terrible. So streaming games is not an option for him. And he lives in the city. 
in a big city. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it, we're just not there yet. And I, I understand that like these are growing pains. This will be some form of a, a future inevitably, but I'm not, I'm not sold at all on, on any, on any level when it comes to streaming. Um, plus, plus the tip of the day is if you do collect the switch physical cartridges, they taste really good. So you should lick them. That's what I hear. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if you're listening to the show, take your, your, your cartridge out right now and put your tongue on it. Let us know what you think. All I hear right. Each one is a different flavor of some sort of fruit. Oh, that's true. I've tried them all. <laughs> all right. Corey asks, with Xbox Game Pass moving to cloud gaming for the mobile phone, do you see Nintendo pushing more cloud games? I mean, yeah. probably, because a lot of the bigger games, that's the only way to play them. I will say props to Nintendo for trying. Mm-hmm. If you go back to like 20... 20- 16, Daryl, listening to the Loot Bros podcast, you'll hear me rant and rave about how they weren't even trying coming off the heels of the Wii U. And Mm, I remember listening to an episode where I was like, give me adult themed horror games. Give me something, you know, and like, and then here they are. They're doing their best. So definitely. Uh, uh, with, With the rumors of a Switch 2 coming out again. What features do you not want to carry over from the OG Switch? The drift. The three-hour battery. The three-hour battery life. Yes. Yeah. I uh, I think overall the Switch is a very solid console. Like, I it needs a god darn trophy achievement system though. Like it kills me. No, no, it does not. No, yes, it does it not. Do- it does. And and Joe will argue against you on that one. No, he he needs it. it no, because if it. you listen to him, he says that that's the one thing that keeps Nintendo pure. Yes. Uh, all right. And the last question from Corey: When the Steam Deck comes out, will we see Kalai McPherson ever use her Switch? Mm, so that's a good question. Th- this is a good question. I want to throw this to the both of us because you said you also want a Steam Deck. Yes. I would still use my Switch because Pokemon, Mario, Square Enix games. I also feel the Switch is going to be a lot lighter than the Steam Deck. So the Steam Deck will be good when I go to like my parents' house. But the Switch will be good for like when I go to work. What do you think, Joe? Daryl? So Steam has uh, Steam achievements. In case you're wondering. um i gotta be honest i don't know i mean i already don't play my switch that often so let me ask you something else let me turn this to a different way okay when the steam deck comes out will you be playing your vita less Ooh, ooh, ooh. so yes and no Uh, the vita it's 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 a very special console to me and right now the the when i travel and when i get even when i go to work and stuff it's always grab the the vita and the switch you know and then when it comes down to what am i going to play it's like what game am i working on or what can where can i get trophies so the vita wins most times 
you throw in the Steam Deck into all of that, as long as it's actually like feels good to play, which I don't know that yet, but the Switch feels great to play. Minus the drift. Um, I think that, you know, from there, there's gonna, I've got a way more vast library on, the, on Steam than I do, you know, Vita and Switch. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Steam Deck might be the ultimate handheld eventually, especially because now you're getting PlayStation games over there. So well, could you even imagine you'll be able to play Resident Evil on the go? Resident Evil 8, Resident I know, Evil 7. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that's realistically, that's why I bought a Switch. Because Resident Evil on the go, I play. I sat there on my lunch breaks and I played through all of Resident Evil Five. I've played through most of Resident Evil Six, you know, and I, I haven't started Resident Evil Four on there yet. But I'm just like that is the best part of the Switch to me. And then I went down like an indie game rabbit hole, so I was playing a bunch of little indie horror games. Some of them have actually made it to cons- other consoles now, but I've played Agony on there. I've played this weird um, visual novel that was on sale for like fifty cent. I've played, uh, like I said, a couple first-person horror games like Child Sight on there. I've got a handful more downloaded that I haven't played, but of course I played some Mario 64. You know, like I've played a, a fair amount on my Switch. My kids have played the Pokemon games and things like that. So um, we've got uh, what else we got? We got a bunch of stuff. Oh, my Monster Hunt. What was the first Monster Hunter that came out on the Switch? Monster Hunter Ultimate. That's the hard one. Yeah. Yeah. So we played that on there. Um, we've got uh, arms. My kids just had to have arms. Had to have arms. I did too. I played it for a whole five minutes. Dude, I know. That was $60 that I'll never get. I was like, I can't believe that you guys. They wanted that game so bad. And I finally broke down and got it. Same thing with Monster Hunter. Like my son, did. He loved, he's beaten Monster Hunter World twice. But he does not like that Monster Hunter Ultimate. What about Monster Hunter Rise for him? I haven't bought it for him yet. I haven't bought that one yet. I was kind of waiting to see what the verdict was on that one. It seems very positive from all the Monster Hunter fans. Oh my so, god, I love it. I don't know. I might. He's got, you know, Christmas is coming up. And who knows? I might get it. I got a handful more, actually. Of, I've got, uh, I bought Pix Arc. Did you ever play that one? No. So my son loved Ark Survival, like loves Ark. And him and his buddies play that all the time. Well, I got Pix Ark, which is like the like Ark Minecraft version of Ark. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they didn't really enjoy that one either. So I, I, I think I've, I've purchased a few duds on there. But yeah, so far we've got a, a we've got a, a nice switch library i will say i do plan on one i haven't picked up yet haven't haven't pulled the trigger but i really really want it is um luigi's mansion you know i tried to play the original luigi's mansion i just couldn't get into it i hear that the new one is luigi's mansion 3 is absolutely amazing everyone i know that's played it says it's amazing what about the new metroid game metroid dread yeah i dread playing it <laughs> no, um, I might play it eventually. I'm not a, a huge Metroid fan, and the game looks good. It, it's very pretty, but I, I don't know Metroid for me. I, I don't. I'm not. I've never really followed the series. I play. I beat Super Metroid. As a matter of fact, early in the Loot Bros, um, we did this thing 
we called the Nerdy 30. This might have even been before you listened to the show. This is like old, old. And so the idea was we would pick 30 games. Well, we, okay. So the idea was we would write down all these games that we loved personally between the, the four hosts, me, Tanner, Josh, and Frosty. And what we did was we wrote them all uh, on a little piece of paper, folded it up, and stuck it in a jar. And then what we would do is we would, each person would randomly pull a game. And you'd have to beat that game and then do a review on the show. And we were going to do up to 30 games and call it the Nerdy 30. And I ended up, (laughs) I got hit back to back. I think I got, I forget the stipulation of who had to draw and why. But mine were back to back. I got Super Metroid, which I had never, I had never finished, and something else. And um, and I played it and I enjoyed it, but it just that's not my. It's just not my favorite. It's not my my. They didn't. Not my favorite. Okay. I, I don't dislike them. It just I never really got into them. Yeah, you seem to get hit with a lot of stuff. It's a gift and a curse. You know, like, like I, I've deep down always wanted to be a video game reviewer, but never like, I don't know. I never, I guess I never pursued it like, like, like a YouTube career that way. And I say career lightly, but you know, but I've always tried to incorporate things on the show that would, you know, lend into me playing games and then talking about them. Cause realistically, that's why I podcast. That's why I do this is cause I like talking about games and, I play so many games that, and I have such a, a wide variety of things that I enjoy that I love telling people, Oh my gosh, you got to play this game. Oh my gosh, you got to play this game. And so I would um, try to do things throughout the, the history of the show to encourage that. And, and you know, it's just one of those things that didn't stick, you know, it, was, it just didn't work out. Well, I will do all those crazy stuff with you. No, so. well, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, we got the deep dive now. So uh, even the the Super Loot Bros, I'll be throwing game reviews on there. And so um, who knows? We might bring the Nerdy 30 back. Oh, there you go. All right. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Uh, Absolutely. I hope you guys like it. Again, check out our other podcasts. Of course, our flagship, the Loot Bros, uh, the Drift Cast, the 2236 Horror Cast. And who knows what else Daryl's going to decide to do. Also, for an extra $1, you can be part of our Patreon and you can get to see all of our deep dives and all the good stuff. The Super Loop Bros, which we're bringing you great extra episodes of just game talk and fun talk. And, you know, we're doing deep dives into who we are as personalities and how we got to where we are. So we even threw a almost one hour bonus episode this past month for all patrons of all tiers that's just b-roll it's just an, a, a compilation of some of the dumb conversation that goes on before we start the show or while we're waiting on the host to show up did we really we did we did <laughs> am i in that uh some of it yeah so uh <laughs> it's uh it's it's funny you know it's it's, it's one of those things to where i was cleaning out my computer and i was like man i've got hours and hours and hours of of our podcast on here and so i was deleting a bunch of stuff and just kind of cleaning up space and i was like man before i do that let me take the last i don't know like five or six episodes whatever i had downloaded at the time 
And I was like, let me chop the beginning where we are, you know, that first 10 to 20 minutes where we're all kind of waiting on everyone to show up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just kind of pull excerpts out of that. Things that are, that are funny. And the reason what got me thinking about it was if something I've, I kind of always wanted to do with the Patreon, but what the one, that the, this past episode I did with Corey and JT, Corey mm-hmm. last minute tried to ghost us. And he was playing Far Cry 6 with his cousin or nephew or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was Team Loot going to get on the show because you were you, you already said you were going to be busy. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, Team Loot for the tr- upcoming Extra Life Trophy War is going to get together and we'll just kind of like hype the Trophy War, you know, and, and just kind of do a little camaraderie against the teammates or for the teammates. So we have like 20 or 30 minutes of B-roll. We're waiting on Corey. And so Joe calls him. I already hit record on the show because JT was getting ready to tell us a story about being bullied mm-hmm. and how he flipped this, you know, the bullying on. And there's this guy who was bullying him. So he like flipped things around to where the, the bully got bullied. And he was telling us a story. So I hit record because I wanted to get that on the mic. About that time, Joe calls Corey. And just starts talking mad trash to him because he was ghosting us to play video games. And then Corey's like, all right, I'm coming. So then he had to go feed his cats and stuff. So while he was feeding his cats, Joe was just talking so much crap. And we were all like hyping up how we were going to harass Corey when he got on the call. Uh And it was just funny. It was just like just the dumb, normal banter that happens, you know, pre-show where we're all talking crap and kind of getting ready to record. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that. I'm just going to go chop. So in reverse order, like <laughs> most recent to least recent, just little little bits and pieces here and there. So it's it's funny. All right. Well, thank you for joining me at last minute. And we'll see everybody on the next episode of Driftcast. Later. Thomas running out, the blood is flowing down the street. People need to know we're living in the war zone. In the streets where the truth tell them that it's old. Get right or get left, what will it be? Thomas running out, the blood is flowing down the street. People need to know we're living in the war zone. In the streets where the truth tell